0: Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center. And today we are talking about wolves, and joining me are three friends: Amaruk Weiss, Senior West Coast Wolf Advocate with the Center for Biological Diversity. Hey, Amaruk. Hi there, Tom. Great to be here. Kimberly Baker, Public Lands Advocate with my organization, the Environmental Protection Information Center. Hey, Kimberly. Hey there and John Melgren, attorney with the Western Environmental Law Center. Hey, John. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm, I'm very excited because we have a, a great panel of wolf advocates here, and we're, we're going to talk about the history of wolf extermination, wolf recovery, and legal legal threats to wolf recovery, in particular the efforts by the Trump administration, the Obama administration, and others to remove protections for wolves Under the Endangered Species Act. So let's start at the beginning. Wolves are are native to the West Coast, including here in California. But part of European colonization of the Americas is a history of wolf extermination. Amaru, can you tell us a little bit about this history, in particular, wolf extermination here in California?
1: Sure. So just keep in mind, this happened across the country as Europeans arrived on these shores. The very first wolf bounty was enacted in 1630. And from then on, it was bloodshed across the country for wolves, grizzly bears, mountain lions, the prey that they ate. And this same philosophy of wiping out nature took hold in California as well. We know that wolves once lived throughout the state. We know that from records from travelers settlers, their diaries, the missionaries' diaries, we know that from Native Americans, from their languages and and their cultural practices that wolves were here. But really, just as the same as across the rest of the country, we trapped, killed, and poisoned wolves to death here and literally drove them to, to no longer exist in California. The last two known wild wolves in California were killed in 1922 in San Bernardino County and 1924 in Lassen County. And what little is left of those wolves' remains are at a, a museum at E.C. Berkeley.
0: That was a, a, a terribly interesting history of of wolf extermination. So it, it was a deliberate thing. Why why were wolves scary, or why why are wolves scary? We have this big bad wolf story. Is that, is that part of it? Do we just demonize wolves because we don't know any better?
1: Well, part it's it's some of the attitudes that were brought to this country by Europeans and realized for 10,000 years, Native Americans lived peaceably with wolves. It was part of their brethren, and their sisters, it was part of their culture. But when Europeans came here, they came with some pretty scary ideas about wolves. Some of it is a little science-based in that that part of the world actually had high incidences of rabies. And so people would get killed by rabid wolves in some of those countries. But that meant that people thought that all wolves were dangerous. And that's not true. I mean, a rabid squirrel is dangerous. Anything that's got rabies is dangerous. But if it's a healthy, wild animal, it's generally not going to be dangerous. And the same is true for wolves. So there's that bit of it. There's all of the myths that were associated with wolves. Uh, There's the whole philosophy, actually, of coming to this country, of manifest destiny. Of taming the wildness and putting forth a whole philosophy of, of destroying what was already here to make something brand new. And that meant destroying things that people feared and mistrusted and were ignorant about, including wolves, including grizzly bears, including, unfortunately, as well, the native peoples that lived here for so long. And those kinds of things are. are, are ingrained in human kind of values that are hard to overcome with facts. And so all of the wolf recovery that's been going on in the more recent last few decades has still had to contend with all of those misplaced fears and misinformed values.
0: So we were terribly good at wolf extermination, unfortunately. So last, last wolf in California was in 1924, but across the United States, we saw we saw success in, in wolf extermination to the point that wolves were almost wholly extirpated from the continental United States. What, Where were our last U.S. wolves located and where are they coming back from?
1: So by the time the Federal Endangered Species Act was passed in 1973 and the wolf was listed in 1974... By that time, the only population of gray wolves that we had in this country—the species gray wolf, Canis lupus—was in far northeastern Minnesota. We had fewer than a thousand wolves there, and then a handful of wolves on Isle Royale in Lake Superior. Everywhere else, we have eliminated the wolf.
0: But you know, the the wolf is also a success story, right? So it and it is a story about how the endangered species act. Works. So it was listed, as you said, I I think in 1974, the ESA passed just a few years before that. Today, we are seeing wolf recovery across the United States. Wolves are starting to re-inhabit their former ancestral territories. And that includes here in California. Kimberly, can you give us a little update on how wolf recovery is happening here in the Golden State? Sure.
2: Well, it started with OR7 coming into California in 2011, and he was just here for a short time, but he traveled through quite a bit, and he ended up finding his pack in southern Oregon. And since then, many of his offspring have come into California. One of those started the the Shasta pack, which is no longer with us. They disappeared, the entire pack of seven wolves. And also, I believe it's the, the it was the original alpha male of the Lassen pack, which is California's second known wolf pack. So they have had their first litter of pups in 2017 and have since had at least 21 pups, nine last year. Unfortunately, the the alpha male of that pack, the original alpha male, hasn't been seen since spring of last year. But there has been a new wolf who has come into the pack, and he actually fostered two litters of pups last spring. So there was quite a large litter last year of at least nine pups. And well, since the end of 2020, it's, they, they think that the pack is around five and there's also been a couple of more new males from Oregon coming in to California. And I'll let Amr talk about those.
1: Yes, yeah, so should, we, we've had actually a parade of wolves come into California. Since 2011, we've had at least 40 wolves either come into California and stay, come into California and go back, or were born in California. Some of those wolves, unfortunately, have also been killed or disappeared, as Kimberly said, the Shasta pack. A seven-member pack totally disappeared, and their disappearance is still kind of under investigation. We've had some other wolves that were actually shot illegally, and those are under investigation. But, you know, we've had a couple of really exciting firsts here as well. Say, so for instance, the last impact pack that Kimberly was just talking about, that litter of nine pups, that was actually from two females in the pack. The brand-new male bred the original female, and, and then he bred her two-year-old daughter because none of them were related. So that was cool. They could do that. And so each of those females had a litter of pups, which is pretty exciting. You see stuff like that in places like Yellowstone. You don't usually see stuff like that happening in a new place where they're recolonizing. And then another thing that was really exciting is one of the Lassen pack's subadults. He was born maybe two years ago. He actually has traveled into Oregon. And that's the first known instance we have of a California-born wolf Heading the opposite direction into Oregon, and he's still there right now. And so, and then the most recent wolves that have come in, OR 85, like OR 7, came from all the way across Northeast Oregon into California, and he's been seen with an unidentified wolf in California that hopefully is a female. And then OR 93 just came into California within the last month, and he is from the White River Pack, which is one of only three packs in the western half. Of Oregon. So, this is one of their first dispersers to come down into California. So, we're not only seeing cool things about wolves coming down here, but we're seeing cool new things that we haven't seen them do before. But the most important part of that story is that this is why it is so critical that we manage to get wolves protected under the California State Endangered Species Act. So, those wolves that have come in here have the full protections because most recently the federal government has removed protections under the Federal Endangered Species Act for wolves across almost the entire country. So thank God we've got the California state listing of wolves here to help
0: protect this just brand new, in its infancy, wolf population that's starting up. So I wanted to bring John into the conversation. John, you are my ESA expert at the Western Environmental Law Center, the Endangered Species Act. I shouldn't use acronyms here on the show. So the wolf was listed in 1974. The gray wolf was listed in 1974 what What does that mean? What are the protections that were afforded to the wolf before the Trump administration delisted them to remove protections from the wolf under the act?
3: Yeah, so uh, protection under the ESA gets critters a number of protections. first and foremost is is something known as as the take prohibition, which basically means you can't harm, capture hurt or or kill a listed species under the ESA. And so that's one of the primary protections. And so, and so what federal listing does practically is, is it prevents states from then having a wolf hunt or from killing wolves in in response to requests from livestock producers or or other agricultural interests. But additionally, and this gets a little bit into the weeds of the ESA, but there's a mechanism called Section 7 consultation, where anytime there is a federal agency action that may impact a listed species, that agency has to consult with the US Fish and Wildlife Service for wolves to see, is this action going to harm wolves? Is it going to prevent their recovery in any way? And what are alternatives to the proposed action that would be better protective of that listed species? And so that process goes away too, which clears the way for agencies to to move forward with projects that may harm wolves in, in some way.
0: John, do you think it's fair to say that it is because of the Endangered Species Act that we were able to have wolf recovery in the United States and in in particular here in California?
3: I think that's a fair statement. And obviously, with the natural world, it can be sometimes be hard to impose our view of things on the natural world. But I think it's directly related to Endangered Species Act protections that allowed wolves to disperse from northeastern Oregon into the rest of Oregon to southwestern Oregon. And then those wolves eventually made their way to California. You know, without the ESA protections, we could have seen more wolves get killed in Oregon, which would have precluded California's wolf recovery. And that's one of the concerns now, now that wolves have been delisted, that the state of Oregon could be more heavy handed in terms of killing wolves in the state. And every time they they kill a wolf, that's going to prevent that wolf from dispersing and, and occupying new territory or, or the young of that wolf from dispersing and, and occupying new territory. And so until we have full wolf recovery, especially here on the West Coast, getting these endangered species protections back is vitally important to make sure that wolves can can reclaim and occupy their historic habitat in, in all three West Coast states and, and elsewhere in the country as well.
0: And I, I want to just make clear that the ESA does not preclude management flexibility for wolves, right? Even when the wolf was listed, we had states being able to remove so-called problematic wolves. And we actually saw large abuse of, of the ESA's ability to allow for removal of, of these so-called problematic wolves. But, you know, if, if there was a wolf that was routinely preying on calves or or was interfering with livestock or or, or anything like that, it wasn't as if the, the act was insensitive to this or inflexible to this. Welcome to the Eco News Report. Today we are talking about wolves. Joining me are three friends Amaruk Weiss, Kimberly Baker, and John Melgren. Amaruk, I wanna I want to make sure that you you are able to weigh in here The Endangered Species Act has some
1: complexities. And trying to say this as clearly as possible, if a species is listed as fully endangered under the Endangered Species Act, then no, the species is not supposed to be killed except for in cases of danger to human life. Okay. But there are lesser protections that are also embedded into the Endangered Species Act. If a species is listed as threatened, then the agency can enact what are called Section 4D rules that allow for that species to be killed under particular circumstances, say for livestock conflicts. Or in the case of the wolves that were reintroduced to Yellowstone National Park and Central Idaho, they were reintroduced under a special section of the Endangered Species Act called Section 10J that calls them experimental non-essential populations and treats them as though they were threatened In other words, those reintroduced wolves could be killed for things like livestock conflicts if they got into trouble. But elsewhere in the country where wolves are listed as fully endangered, killing them except for in instances of human safety is is not allowed. But, you know, the good news is, first of all, wolf livestock conflicts are so rare You wouldn't know that from living in wolf country. You wouldn't know that from the headlines that appear in the media stories. But wolf livestock conflicts are phenomenally rare. Wolves are responsible for about 0.02% of livestock losses across the country, including in the states that have wolves. So it's very low. It doesn't mean that it can't be a hard hit for the individual livestock producer who does get uh, conflicts with wolves. But there are also other good news. There's so many non-lethal measures that can be used to prevent those conflicts. And so for people to try to understand what protections exist for wolves in different parts of the country, it takes a little bit of weaving your way through what level of protection were they given under the Endangered Species Act. But one thing I can tell you is I'll tell you two things that are probably paramount for people to consider. The only reason that we were able to recover wolves and bring them back is that they were listed under the federal endangered species act. That is what made it illegal to simply just go out and shoot any wolf on site. If there were any wolves left, that allowed the small population of wolves in Minnesota expand in, in number and go out into Michigan and Wisconsin that allowed for the reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone and central Idaho. And when that population expanded, that allowed those wolves to come into Washington and Oregon and then begin to make their way down to California. But we still only have about 6,000, 6, wolves across the lower 48. We used to have hundreds of thousands of wolves here. In the western United States and Mexico alone, it was estimated that there were around 380,000 wolves. So we've got less than 1% of the original population and less than 10% of the original habitat. And now that they've just been delisted again by the federal government, we're seeing our greatest fears play out in states where wolves lived, like Wisconsin, now they're suddenly delisted, and now Wisconsin is on full-on war to immediately start a wolf hunting season. Even though state law says you can't start a wolf hunting season until November, there's actually a battle in the courts right at this moment. And we may even get a decision from the appellate court today as to whether or not Wisconsin is going to be forced by the sports hunting groups to immediately start killing wolves again.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing our our worst fears come to life right now after wolf protections have been removed from the Endangered Species Act. So Wisconsin, we have proposed wolf hunts going forward. What else is going on in the United States that is is kind of proving our point that removing Endangered Species Act protections was, was too hasty?
1: Well, in the Northern Rockies, where wolves were stripped of protections in 2011 by Congress, it was an interesting case where Congress intervened and made a decision to strip up species of protections instead of allowing the science to, to make a judgment call here. But ever since then, those three northern Rocky Mountain states, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, have all instituted extremely aggressive hunting and trapping seasons against wolves every year. They try to make them even more aggressive. Right now, there are proposals pending in Idaho that would allow people to trap on private lands without having to show that they've got written permission to do so. It would allow traps and snares to be set up right in the hunting units, right outside of Yellowstone National Park on the Idaho border, so that wolves that wander out of Yellowstone could be subject to those. In Montana, we're seeing the same slew of anti-wolf bills. In Wyoming... It's legal to chase a wolf or a coyote on your snowmobile to exhaustion and then run them over. Every kind of barbaric practice you could think of, that you couldn't even dream of, is happening. Classifying the species as a species in need of protection across the lower 48, they were not only taking into account that this species needed help, but that the habitat upon which it depends needs wolves back. And that's also a part of the federal endangered species act it's not just to protect imperiled species it's also to protect the habitats upon which they depend and everything that science has told us since we've started to have wolves come back and scientists have had subjects to study everything that we see coming out of the scientific literature tells us how much wolves are an integral part of wild nature wherever they live we call them top predators That means they have a top-down effect on everything around them, whether it's the prey they eat, or the vegetation that the prey eats, or the water systems that are in the same area that are affected by the vegetation, and so then that affects the fish and frog habitat. You know, all of this, when we think about the story of wolves coming back to the West Coast, it's a big story of trying to recover nature, trying to recover natural processes. Again, that's all what is captured under the Endangered Species Act. And that is also why we need to still have federal protections in place for wolves. And realize, you know, the interests that would like to remove protections from wolves have always been at work. They've never gone away. The livestock industry, the sports hunting industry, all of the values about killing off wolves to begin with, have never gone away. And those political forces and the lobbyists who represent them have had a very heavy hand in wolf recovery to stop wolf recovery, to undo wolf recovery, to undo undo all the progress that's been made to date. And so we are still battling those forces and we will probably always be battling those forces. I often tell people this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, it took 20 years after wolves were first federally listed under the Endangered Species Act to even get them reintroduced to Idaho and Yellowstone because there's so much political baggage associated with the species and with efforts to thwart recovery. So I know everybody here on this call draws inspiration from the members and supporters of our respective organizations who care about wolves because it's those energized calls and emails that we get from all of those members of the public that again, are a broader indication of what surveys tell us, which is that the public supports wolves, the public supports wolf recovery and the Endangered Species Act. It's the politics and the agencies that are affected by the politics that
0: are taking this in a backward trajectory when we should be moving forward. All right. I want to give each of our guests an opportunity to plug where they can find out more information about their work and about wolf recovery here on the West Coast. So, John, where can folks learn more about the work of the Western Environmental Law Center and your lawsuit to overturn this bad Trump era wolf delisting?
3: Yeah, so the best place to go is Welk's website, western law.org and and there we have all the information about our wolf advocacy across the american west and currently the focus being on our federal delisting lawsuit in
0: california all right amaruk where where should people go to learn more about your work
1: i'll second what john says that the website is a great resource so go to biologicaldiversity.org And you can search around on the website and find not only the work we do on wolves, but also on a lot of other species. And then, of course, hit up our Facebook page, too. We frequently are posting things that we're doing regarding wolf protections and other species protections on our Facebook page.
0: All right. Kimberly, where can folks learn about the Klamath Forest Alliance, of which you are the executive director, and EPIC, where you are our public lands advocate?
2: Yeah, so Wild Wild California is a great website, which has all our information on EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. But also, I'd like to mention the Pacific Wolf Coalition. You can check out more about the Pacific Wolf Coalition and learn more about wolves at pacificwolves.org and also PacificWolfFamily.org.
0: All right. Thanks, gang. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Tom. Well, well, thank you all. When we beat Trump and get wolves protected again, let's get you back on the show to talk about what's next for wolves now that they're back on the ESA and trying to figure out how we can live with wolves in the West. And thank you for listening. This has been another News Report. Join us next week on This Time and Channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.